0: This is Brandon M. Crooker, and you're listening to the Apostolic Theory Podcast. All right, so today we've got a very special guest. We've got Brother Robin Johnson with us, a tremendous man of God. Uh, He's got an incredible ministry. Um, I've been following him for several years, and and God is just just using him in, in an incredible way. Uh, So, Brother Robinson, I just want you to tell our listeners a little bit about your background, a little bit about maybe what church you attend, and and what God's doing through your ministry.
1: Well, thank you, Brother Crooker, for having me on today,
0: and uh, look forward to our discussion tonight. I'm
1: Robin Johnson uh, from Alexandria, Louisiana. Uh, Third, fourth generation apostolic on both sides of my family. And uh, love the truth, been preaching this gospel since 1996 and evangelizing since 2001, me, my beautiful wife, Lisa, my children. I'm actually in, where am I today? I'm in Ohio, starting revival in Ohio this week. God's just filling people with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Uh, we do a live stream every Thursday night, which is probably how you found us Um uh, really catching fire for uh, the last year or so with COVID. A lot of people shut in, began to gravitate over to our live streams on YouTube and on our Facebook page and other platforms. God is really blessing, pouring out revival, uh, a lot of signs, wonders and miracles. And that's what we've been doing as of lately. We based out of the Pentecostals of Alexandria in Louisiana and, uh, that's the base where my family is when I am traveling alone, my beautiful wife and my kids are, uh, back home at the PLA and, uh, we are seeing God do some of the most amazing things in this hour. And I'm excited tonight to be talking about the gifts of the spirit. Uh, this is the hour that God is really allowing us to step into, uh, that dimension And uh, we do School of the Prophets, a new uh, conference, me and a friend of mine, pastor friend of mine over on the East Coast. uh, We do four conferences a year of School of the Prophets, split up in each quarter. And people are coming, registering, being imparted. They are beginning to lay hands on people, see people healed, uh, people receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost operating in dreams, vision, tongues, interpretation, the gifts, the Spirit, everything that's available to us in the Word of the Lord. So I am so glad to just be able to be a little piece of what God is doing in this hour and uh, really look forward to talking more about it with you tonight.
0: Amen. So really, uh, the first thing I want to sort of preface the conversation with is um, the uh, the gifts of the Spirit are, the Bible says that God gives severally to every man as he will. So, when people are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, I believe that this is the moment that these gifts are imparted into an individual. Um, whether or not they access it at that time is not necessarily of consequence, just because... They're not accessing it doesn't mean it's not necessarily available um obviously I, I know that there are some people that uh act in um in roles uh, of the spiritual gifts um and they're they're more keen on it they're more uh focused on it and and god has really gifted them in those roles uh specifically so um so let's go ahead and we'll get right into it uh, this is Brother Robin Johnson, and, and we're going to be talking about spiritual gifts.
1: Yes, indeed. You know, just this, this is an hour right now where uh, our society, our generation, is primed. They are ready for the operation of the supernatural. They're very open uh, to the gifts of the Spirit. Our world is hungry for answers, for directions. Uh, it shows with the shows that are on. Television. I certainly don't watch them, but if you catch some of the, the uh, uh, commercials or the advertisement, everything is paranormal, everything is ghost, you know, so when I operate in the gifts of the Spirit, I find more and more sinners uh, in this hour are very open to the prophetic, uh, being delivered, being set free, being filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized. After we minister to them in the uh, uh, maybe the word of knowledge or a a prophetic word, however it is, revelatory things spoken into their lives, uh, our generation is inundated with new age, with with psychics, horoscopes. So uh, if these people can believe that people, psychics, can talk to the dead, then they can believe that uh, the people of God can talk to the spirit of life, Jesus, the way, the truth, the life. So one of the single greatest revelations that God's ever given me to help people and maybe to help myself probably more than anything outside of the revelation of, of the mighty God, and Jesus, uh, is the understanding of spirit, soul, and body. Uh a lot of the apostolics don't operate against the, the spirit. They're very, uh, they're very, uh, they put it as you just got kind of to fast and pray and just hope that one day it can happen. And they don't understand how it functions. As you said, you can have it, but not know how to work it, not know how to operate it. I no. know people that have vehicles and they don't know how to how to operate it, how to, how to get it in four wheel drive, or how to get the horsepower out of it. When the Lord showed me spirit, soul, and body, which is we're creating the image and likeness of God. He is Father, Son, Holy Ghost. He's one person. We're one person with the spirit, soul, and body. When I understood that, according to Thessalonians 5, 23, I went on a little journey with God many, many years ago. I understood that my spirit is born again perfect it is saved it is renewed it's restored 100 percent. born again but my soul is a different situation my soul is in a process uh the bible said the outward man perishes but the inward man is renewed day by day so my spirit gets it right away in the holy ghost baptism but my soul is a process with your soul is your mind, your will, your emotions. So to operate in the spirit, you have to train your mind to take on the mind of Christ to think like that. What do we do? We have to get into the word and understand. And it's not just reading, people perish for the lack of knowledge. Knowledge is power when you get the revealed mind of Christ, which comes through an inner renewing day by day. So I just say it like this to wrap that part up. The spirit, your spirit is renewed at baptism, born again. Your soul, which is not the same as your spirit, and if you don't understand the function, they don't operate the same way. Um, Your soul is in a daily learning process to be re restored remade your body it's just just messed up as it ever was it's not going to be changed let me say it like this your spirit is changed at the born again experience your soul is being changed every day according to the word of the lord but your body will not be changed until the rapture so there's a part of you that is perfected there's a part of you being perfected there's a part of you going to be and you got to kind of weed through that and find out what is what the word of God divides the soul and the spirit so only the word of God has the ability to find out those two wheels your will wheel and God's will spirit soul they're so close they're, they're, they're mingled so close together you have to find out what uh, which one of those operations is taking place So a lot of people in our circles, they have very undeveloped minds or undeveloped uh, souls lacking the mind of Christ. So it's like exercise, going to the gym. Uh, The more you exercise your soul, your mind, you train yourself, the language of God, the way God speaks to you, the easier it is for you to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, I will tell you this there, The Holy Ghost When receiving the Holy Ghost You have the potential For the gifts But you don't necessarily have all the gifts mm. uh, that's a, That is the thing That very often uh, uh, I help people understand There is And some apostolics will argue right here And the ones that typically argue with it 99% of the time Maybe 100 they're the ones who don't operate in gifts. So, you know, I like listening to people who I understand have a foundation of the word but are operating in it, not somebody on the sidelines that thinks they know something. Uh, because when you and you mentioned this earlier, let's let's make this distinction. There are spiritual gifts, there are ministry gifts. The ministry gifts are Ephesians 4 and 8 Downward, where he said when he ascended on high, Jesus led captivity captive. He gave gifts unto men. And he tells you in verse 11 what they are. Gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. And then he tells you what they're for. They're for the perfecting of the saints, the work of the ministry. So we have a five-fold ministry who are actually people. These people are the gift. These gifts are literally Chosen by God. Now, I say it like this. You could fast till you're blue in the face. If you're not born to be a prophet, you're probably not going to be one or a pastor or preacher. You don't seek this out. It seeks you out. You know, I know yeah. people. My grandfather used to say, many are called, few are chosen, some are sent, and some just went. <laughs> so I know people who try to get the ministry. Most people like me, baby, you, it sought us out. We weren't looking for it, and we kind of run from it. Most people don't accept it right away because the ministry looks for us. We don't necessarily look for it. But when it comes to spiritual gifts, watch the difference in how that is termed. Uh, A person is admonished to seek and desire gifts. Remember, a ministry seeks a person, but people are admonished to seek gifts, First Corinthians 14 and one follow after charity. I can spend a lot of time on love and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. So he gives us a license to desire or to covet or to see after spiritual gifts. As you are said, you're 100 percent right. The the catalyst for that or the tools for that is having the baptism of the Holy Ghost who's the giver of the gifts but he tells he's talking to people who even once they have the baptism of the Holy Ghost follow after love desire spiritual gifts desire to get it desire to operate in it. so it gives you a license to covet it. watch what he says in First Corinthians 12 and 31 I'll, I'll kind of break it down just interrupt me whenever you if I'm talking too much Go on, Uh, go on. uh, 1 Corinthians 12 and 31, he said, but covet earnestly the best gifts. And i show you a more excellent way. The excellent way is love. Love is the door that opens up all of the gifts of the Spirit. But he's showing you here, uh, as he gives you this license to covet, desire spiritual gifts, that are available to everybody who has what I call the starter kit for the supernatural, (laughs) <laughs> which is baptism in the Holy Ghost and baptism in water in the name of Jesus. That's the starter kit that gets you going. Those are the tools. Manifestation of the Spirit's given to every man to prophet with all. But, but here's the thing. It comes by desire. And this is a thing that, and we teach this in our School of the Prophets, it also... It's kind of like priming a pump sometimes. You can impart a gift or you can boost a person's gift. You can stir a person's gift up. Who has, as you mentioned, they have a gift in them. Maybe it's going dormant. It can be stirred up, the Bible said. But impartation, impartation. Uh, those of you listening, this is one of the most key, vital, important words. I'll just say it like this. Because the gifts are caught more than taught. Uh, and 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 the Bible said, how does it say that? Uh, bad company corrupts good manners. Yeah. So if bad company corrupts good manners, then good company can correlate into good manners. Like my mama said, you lay down with the dogs, you get up with the fleas. So who you run with, you can pick up, you can pick that up. Uh, you can get with people who are in bondage to alcohol and before long that demon that's on them will start anointing you and that goes into a million directions perversion pornography whatever it could be but spirits are transferable this is important spirits are transferable and what you honor you're going to attract and what you dishonor you're going to repel so this is why me and my team started School of the Prophets, which is we operate in apostolic, one God, Jesus name, churches, uh, UPC, ALJC, independent, on and on it goes. But we are showing people how to boost their gift or how impartation works. Impartation is so real throughout the Bible. We see it in Second in, uh, Kings 2 and 9. Watch what uh, uh, Elisha said to Elijah. I pray, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. Now, I want you to look at that because the word of God will challenge you. He didn't say a double portion of the spirit of God. He said, I want a double portion of your spirit. Mm. And it's it, and it's backed up again in 2 Kings 2 and 15 when the Bible said the sons of the prophets, which were at Jericho, they said the spirit of Elijah doth rest on Elisha. So there was a transfer of spirit anointing that was on one man that was transferred to another man, as a matter of fact. And again, this is not the Holy Spirit. He didn't transfer the Holy Spirit to him. It was literally the spirit that was on Elijah. And the Bible said the mantle uh, fell from Elijah. And Elisha picks it up. What does that mean? The mantle actually was not just uh, a towel. It was it was a coat. It literally means when the chariot was taken, Elijah away. He had to take it off and keep his word. He threw it down. Now, here's my point. God didn't do it. God permitted Elijah to do it. Make sense? It was not just that God says, okay, no, 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 no. The importation was this man who has it, if I have it, I can give it to you. I can't give you something I don't have, but Elijah has it, and Elijah passed it on. Let me give you this one, and i got a, one more little point here, and then maybe if you'd like to transition. Uh, on the day of Pentecost, at least we know 120 people were filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. When you get over to the book of Acts, and this happens other times, Acts chapter 19, the Bible says that the Apostle Paul, who is functioning with a heavy prophetic anointing, He lays his hands upon them. These are the disciples of John. Have you received the Holy Ghost, as you believe? Not heard so much there be any Holy Ghost. And so he lays his hands on these guys. And here's what the Bible says. When he laid his hands upon them, they received the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues and prophesy. prophesy. Right. It was was another ingredient that God allows Paul to impart. These guys don't go on a training course. They don't go through a six-month waiting period. They don't go on probation. They don't go to school of the prophets. On the day of Pentecost, everybody immediately receives the Holy Ghost. What I'm showing you is, is the power of impartation. When Paul laid his hands on those guys, Yes, they received the Holy Ghost, but they also received a transfer of the level of anointing to prophesy as the beloved Apostle Paul. Let me give you one more scripture just to back that up. First, Timothy four and 14 because the word of God. This is, you know, that's the, the benchmark. That's that's the gold standard. He says, neglect not talking to Timothy, the gift that is in thee, watch this, which was given thee by prophecy. So somebody prophesied a gift. He, He didn't have this gift until he said, which was given thee, not by receiving the Holy Ghost. I believe he already had the Holy Ghost. He said, which was given, that gift was given thee by prophecy. It was imparted with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery, And then he goes on, you know, what he tells him, and this, this is something that I really feel to say to your listeners, because he just tells you how Timothy got this gift. He got it by some type of prayer meeting, a coming together of the Ecclesia, the Presbyter's there, the Apostle Paul is there, functioning under a heavy prophetic anointing. He lays his hand, and whether it's Paul or not, we don't know, but somebody prophesies to Timothy. I'm just saying that we weren't there to know. But he says something as in, the gift of healing shall be in you from this day forward. And under that anointing, God honors it, and something is imparted into him, whether the gift of healing, the gift of faith, whatever, the Spirit of God. Allows that transfer to happen, and Paul said it happened through prophecy and the laying of his hands. Probably was Paul that gave the promise, but here's the little part. Second Timothy one and six, one of the major uh, scriptures uh, uh, dealing with fear, and I use it too. But he says in Second Timothy one and six, I put you in remembrance. That you would stir up the gift of God. Now, here's that other little part of that. Number one, that there's a gift that can be imparted, but there's also a gift that can be boosted, meaning you come under fellowship or you come under submission. You come under the authority of a person uh, who operates in this level. And that submission uh, allows something in you to be raised up. And Paul says, stir up the gift of God. In other words, there's a gift in Timothy that's dormant. It's not operating at its max capacity. And again, let me read it. I want to read that to you so you understand how we have a second witness, how Timothy come about this gift. He said, I put you in remembrance that you stir up the gift of God. Watch this part, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. So he's telling him, he said, hey, you remember whatever this gift is, gift of faith, gift of tongues. Gift of interpretation, I don't know. But he tells him, you need to stir it up. And by the way, he reminds him a second time how he got this gift. He said, stir up the gift of God, which is in you by the putting on of my hands. So again, we see the operation of impartation. And it's it's let me give you this little part because the next next line the next verse in verse seven where he says for god has not given you the spirit of fear but power love sound mind we take that scripture i do too i'm very guilty of taking verse seven not looking at what he's talking about what he's telling him is do not be afraid to operate in the gift that has been imparted into you. Fear is the number one strangler of any operation of the spirit. Fear is the opposite of faith. So, what he's really telling him is, you know, he, he's not saying, you know, we use it, I use it too. God's not give us fear. He's not talking about not having fear of COVID or not that fear of death or disease or finite. that's really not what it's about in context what he is telling him is Timothy I laid hands on you and there's a gift in you that was imparted and you're not operating in it and then he kind of scolds him as to why God is not giving you fear the spirit of fear here again fear is a spirit Okay? Anything that spirit can be imparted. That's why if a person has demons and you keep your kids away from them, as you know, if it's a a a, a drug demon or whatever it is, that thing can can impart. God is not giving you the spirit of fear. Uh, Fear is a spirit. You get around people that are pushing fear, that thing will get on you. He also said God has given us the same spirit of faith. Faith is a spirit. You can get in a room where there's worship and there's faith, and suddenly faith comes up uh, very high, and it is an impartation. Uh, a preacher can be preaching the word of faith, and as he's preaching something in the spirit, God allows his words to, To come across that pulpit, hit you right in your spirit, and suddenly, bam, you feel like whatever it was. It was such a big mountain. Now, that's nothing. I'm going to step over it because faith is a spirit. It has been imparted into you. So my my point right there is this. The reason in Paul's digression there where he is saying it was imparted into you as uh, a, a, a spiritual gift. It's got dormant. you got to stir it up. I, I like to say if, if I have, uh, I got a water, but if I pour sugar in this water, say this is some good old Southern iced tea, and, and you pour sugar in here and you let it sit, uh, it'll all just sit at the bottom. It, it'll just sit here at the bottom, and you start drinking off the top, and if it's tea, it, it's just bitter up here. And what you got to do is either you know turn it upside down or get something and stir it up. Shake it up! Sometimes God allows a shaking. Sometimes God allows things to get turned upside down in your life. But the easiest way is to just stir it up yourself. It's much easier to stir yourself than have to have God to shake you or have God turn you upside down. But there's a lot of people. Some even watching us right now. You have gifts. There was been an impartation or. There are certain gifts that maybe come with you at the moment of receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Whatever. But it can rest in you dormant. And you gotta do things to stir that up, to bring it to the top. And what is the number one suppressor of a gift? Fear. Fear that what will somebody say? What if I pray for this person and they don't get healed? Uh, what if I say that? And they don't listen all prophecy in the new testament is conditional uh, unless it's written in the word of god it's conditional it's if it's if you know god will say i'm going to bless you you know if you tie uh if my people which are called by my name will among themselves pray turn their wicked ways i'll hear from heaven heal their land but he's not healing land if they don't pray so God always puts requirements, God always puts conditions uh, on blessings, favor, healing. He told one, he said, go your way and sin no more, lest the worst thing come upon you. So he put a requirement on a person keeping a healing, and to keep the healing, don't be sinning anymore. So there's conditions to it, but here's the thing, like Brother Timmy said, somebody said, what if it doesn't happen? Brother Teddy said, but what if it does happen? So uh, I'm like this. The spirit of fear has got to be dealt with before any of us can operate at the highest, maximum level of our spiritual gifting. Fear of not just failure. Most people, it is fear of what will somebody say. What will, how will I be judged? How will I be criticized? And you got to get past all that. You have to move beyond those insecurities and uh, uh, to a place that you are more God conscious than you are people conscious. And that comes through prayer and fasting. Uh, but this kind of fear, like fear of making a mistake and I teach this at our school of the prophets. I don't know a keyboardist. I don't know a drummer or a singer who didn't make a lot of blunders when they're trying to learn. And then even once they learn, uh, you can hit a wrong key sometimes. We are human. We're we, we you know we're working through earthen vessels here. So there has to be a level of... I don't mean people that just got a track record of just causing mayhem in a wake of confusion, but... Uh, the Spirit of God is going to be correct. We can get wrong interpretations. Uh, we can, uh, by the slip of a tongue, add a word, uh, say a thing, get timing, which is usually uh, the thing. Timing is a big thing. God doesn't work on our timing. But you've got to move outside of fear, the spirit of fear. And this is what I tell people. You have even if you have the gift, you have prophecy, you have gift of healing, uh, gift of diversity of tongues, gift of interpretation of tongues. Okay, you have to do things to build up your faith. You that that's your responsibility. That's that soul I was talking about. Uh, your spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. So you have to build up your mind. You have to build up your confidence build up your faith in the word of god the word of god is what brings great faith and i'll give you the secret if you want to hear it if you'd like to hear it i'll give you the secret right now absolutely free won't cost you nothing
0: hit me with it
1: the biggest secret to operating in the spiritual gifts it's in tandem is walking in love loving people we know we gotta love god loving people that way you'll be very careful how you deal with people and love will if you love a person and you see them sick, love wants to see them so well or if you love a person this is why he said i'll show you the more excellent way to what to the gifts he said i'm going to show you the excellent way to the gifts uh, follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts Following after love, charity, is how you get into the operation of the gifts. Because if I see a person who is distraught, who's down and and hurt, and this is how my ministry works. If you walk into my service and I don't even know you and I see you and I can just read depression. If I can read uh, a heartache, my spirit goes out to you. I love you because I know God wants to do something for you. And God will give me a word for you because he sees my compassion to you. And I want to do something for you, but I don't have it. So God says, here, I'm going to give you a gift, a word of knowledge for that person. So everybody watching, remember this. God gives gifts to givers. God gives gifts to givers. People who are givers are lovers. If you love people you want to see people fix, you want to... It's not that you want to say, hey, I did a miracle. I laid hands on that person. they got healed. Uh, no, it is because you want to see people healed, edified, encouraged. So number one, here's the secret. You ask what I'm going to give it to you. You walk in love. You have to operate and build yourself up to love. And here's the big one. Praying in the spirit. Praying in the Spirit. Not just pray. It doesn't matter how much you pray. The Bible said we don't even know how to pray as we are weak. The Spirit helps our infirmities or our weakness because He makes intercession for us according to the will of God. So we don't even know, you know, really what to pray. We know what we want, but we don't know the will of God. But the Spirit knows what should be said. So here's the key to Stirring your gift. If you have a gift in there, you need it stirred up. You know, if you've ever operated, i say this to your listeners. If you've ever operated in a gift at any point in your life, let's just say you've given a message in tongues one time. If you've ever done it once, you got it. Now, you may have suppressed it. You may be walking in fear. You may not have enough faith to get that thing to the top. But if you ever did it one time, you have the gift. Here's the thing you have to do. Pray in the Spirit. It's the biggest asset to people operating in the Spirit. Pray every day. Get up in the morning. This is what the Lord told me to do a long time ago. I, I usually pray about three times a day. doesn't mean I'm praying big, long hours. I do typically try to pray an hour at a time, but doesn't always happen. But here's what the Lord told me to do. Start your day with 30 minutes praying in the Holy Ghost. And he said, don't ask me for anything. Just pray in the Spirit. You talk about things happening. Because if I'm preoccupied with God, I need you to do this and need you to do that, that's me praying. That's my mind. And the way that you renew yourself, renew that mind to make you very receptive to, you know, especially if you deal with the word of word of wisdom, word of knowledge, prophecy, the words to note is praying in the Holy Ghost. That's the number one thing you can do. And connect that with love. Walk in a spirit of love. Your love, your compassion for people. You know, I just don't know a lot of real mean-spirited people who operate in real bona fide gifts that we can say, hey, that was a word from God. Uh, I mean, they may think they do, but here's the t- test. If it's a real word, not only is it going to be true, but what kind of fruit does it bring to pass? Mm. You know, what what comes of it? You know, just to say something is great. But is somebody's life changed? Is somebody repenting because of it? Is somebody being baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost? So always look for the fruit of the word. Of course, I want to see it lined up with the word of God. But the fruit of a real word always brings a harvest of repentance, tears, lifestyle changes, healing. Uh, You know, it brings something that wasn't there before that was spoken. You know, it's not like and, and I say this and, and and I'm careful how I say this because I have done this and and done it lately and I don't want to frown on people that do this a lot, but just calling a person's name or their their number and, and God's giving me people's names and numbers. But there's not a lot of fruit in that. However, it will sometimes spark that person to say, you know, that must be God. Told. But it, it, it's not what I'm saying is it's not to show off as a, like, hey, let me tell you your driver's license number. There's not a lot of fruit in that. But the word of God or, or the gifts of God work where there is love. And if you love a person, you want to see them change. You want to see them healed. You want to see them delivered of whatever bodies they have. So, you know, fasting and praying really helps you bring that fruit of love to the surface.
0: Well, you touched on it a little bit when you were talking about praying in the Spirit. Um, we read in Jude, uh, chapter 1. Well, I guess there's only one chapter, but in Jude, where the, the writer says specifically, Build upon your most holy faith. By praying in the Spirit. Yes. Exactly so, right. so, I mean, th- there's, no yes. getting, there's no getting away from that. That's, 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 that's Bible.
1: Exactly right. And that's that level of faith. Notice how he said that. Build up yourself on your most holy faith. So what's happening? Build yourself up. You know, confidence is what you have in yourself. Faith is what you have in God. Let me say that again. Confidence is what you have in yourself. I know some people that are very arrogant. You know, you went to high school with them, they have a lot of confidence. It doesn't mean they got faith in God. So, just confidence by itself can lead to pride. There's a person that walks around, I'm this and that. You know, it's very disgusting in the eyes of God. And we don't like it either. So, but, but, confidence does have its place because I know people that are very insecure. Uh, God has an anointing. That's what Paul was telling Timothy. I know people, you probably know people. They have a great voice, a talent to be used to God, but they just, they just don't have, it's not that they don't have faith in God and love God, but they're so insecure they don't have self-confidence but this again is what will help you why i said one of the number one things you can do to operate the spirit and that, this is not just spiritual gifts but any talent anointing anything you do for god anything all of it, praying in the holy ghost you build up yourself on your most holy faith praying in the Holy Ghost, so it's kind of a two, you, you kind of get a, a, a double portion that happens. Praying in the Holy Ghost builds up oneself. It builds you up. It, you, you, you have a boldness that comes over you. It's That too is a spirit. Spirit of boldness comes up on you, and you build up your most holy faith. This is the faith that operates those gifts. What did the writer say? He that prophesied, prophesy according to your proportion of faith, which means everybody's not going to prophesy on the same level. You know, anybody can prophesy. You don't have to be a prophet. You can get the gift of prophecy without being a prophet. Uh, so operating or functioning in that means that there's a level that anybody can function on but if you don't have a higher level of faith it's going to be harder for you to call those things that be not as though they were if your level of faith is not there but as you get deeper in prayer in praying of the holy Ghost, you build your confidence you build up yourself you build up your most holy faith that when that Word comes, and, and and I know we're about out of time, but I can give you the four realms of prophecy, and that one particular realm that will come, and it will search for a person that will say a thing, like at a service, is the spirit of prophecy. It will search out. So you have to be ready and, 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 and available and full of faith and confident in your walk with God and the Word of God and in your, your motives that what you're doing and the greatest level of confidence is love. If, if I love you, man, I'm going to have a burden for you and when you can love people that you don't even know, but you know, think about if you got a child that's sick. You don't want to lay hands on them and say, hey, uh, I laid hands and they got healed. Look, I did it. No, no, no. You want that baby healed and that's the motive of
0: love. And when you pray in the Holy Ghost, it will help you get there. Mm. Wow. This is this is good stuff. <laughs> so, in 1 in Thessalonians chapter 5, um, so starting at verse 16, it says, Rejoice evermore. 17, pray without ceasing. and everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Verse 19, quench not the spirit, Verse 20, despise not prophesying. 21, prove all things, hold fast to that which is good, abstain from all appearance of evil, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. I pray that God, your whole spirit and soul and body, be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Right. So here, that's, for- that's embodying everything you're talking about. That's it. Said, the gifts of the spirit
1: are in the spirit. They're not in the flesh. They're not in the soul. But the soul is the man in the middle. <laughs> it, it, it's it's the conscious you. Uh, the spirit, which is where the Holy Ghost operates, the flesh out. You were a spirit before you were a body. You gotta get in touch with that. As you get in touch with that. When I say getting to that, that sounds real new age. Ago. I know, but I say this all the time. The world got this from us. We didn't get it from them. You know, the witches learned to fast from us. So there are some similarities, but it's not the stealing of them. I meditate. I meditate. And I got that from the Bible. I meditate. I, and, and, and you know, I've been beat up about that. I'm like telling people to meditate. Well, if ever it was a time that we need to turn off, all devices and just what's wrong with sitting quietly and thinking on the lord i meditate on the lord before i preach i I do my praying much earlier but right before i preach i go into a quiet place i just i just i don't think anything i'm not sitting there like you know (laughs) it's not that but i just detox i just and that's making your soul Stop projecting your mind, will and emotion to quit thinking, what's gonna happen, this is gonna happen, I gotta do this, gonna shut all that down. Stop listening to the flesh, man. Listen from the spirit. Mm-hmm. Just be be a conduit. And that's where the gifts are. They're in the spirit, but it's gotta come through your soul. You know, God gives you a word. You gotta learn how to hear that. Yeah. Learn what that word is. And and this would be a whole other lesson. I don't want to get too far into it, but you know, you create a language with God. For instance, God first told me cancer, somebody had cancer. And it made it much easier for me the next time He said, it's like a baby, okay? When they say, dad, dad. Dad dad, you know that everything's dead dad. This is dead dad. That's dead dad. Everything's dead dad. No, 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 that's not. But they get to a point they realize when you say Baba, you get a body. So they begin to identify Baba, Baba, Dad, Dad, Mama. They start get so they start creating a language, and that's what you have to do with God. And once God showed me, you know, I understood cancer, and I would look at a person and God would say, Cancer. It made it much easier for me, if this makes sense to you, the next time it was somebody with cancer to know that word and associate that with what God was telling me. And other things I had to learn, I had to learn and learn. And there could be things that slipped by because I didn't have a, I didn't have a template or didn't have a word or a language established that. You know, when God first showed me uh, 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 about a stomach issue. And that can be kind of broad, but God would show me that stuff so and stuff. Then it got more refined. And I learned when he was saying prostate, when he said, you know, and I'm not saying I'm infallible, but I learned this language. And that comes from the spirit. It comes from what you said in Thessalonians 5 23. Your whole spirit, soul, and body. And you have to learn what is your flesh. Again, what did he tell Jeremiah? Before I formed you in your mother's belly, I knew you, boy. So why? He was a spirit before he was anything. Your spirit comes from God. And the Bible said when you die, your spirit will go back to God and your uh, who gave it and your flesh back to the earth. So there's at least one part of us that's going to heaven. That, That part goes back. But the soul, which is the consciousness of who we are, is going to heaven or is going to hell. So what we have to do is get our consciousness, our thoughts, which is our mind, our will, our emotion, to be so refined and sensitive to the Word of God that it can understand when the Spirit is talking to me and when my flesh is talking to me, which is not too hard because the flesh always says things that are contrary to the word and to your best. It, it's always pride, arrogance or sickness. You know, it's never anything that's got to do with true love, compassion, healing, deliverance. Now, but it's all the Bible says that the flesh is enmity against the spirit. unless lusts against the spirit, spirit against it. So you got these two polar opposites and I find reading the word of God, praying in the Holy Ghost and meditating quietly lets me discern so you know I say this for those of us that are, are oneness and I'm I'm totally oneness uh, but I understand what oneness is I do not deny the Father and I don't deny the Son and I don't deny the Holy Ghost Jesus is the name of the Godhead. it's not three people but let's look at something. Us apostolics really must look at this as we get into modalism. Uh, the Holy Ghost is doesn't have the same operation as the Son of God. Now, it's one person. Now, I am one person, but I am a spirit, I am a soul, and I am a body, correct? Yeah. So my spirit, or let's say my soul doesn't have the same function as my body. Now I'm one person. I'm not dividing God up into three people, but there's three parts. So this is why many sometimes wondrous people don't really flourish in the gifts because they do not understand the difference between what is spirit and what is Jesus, the man in a body. So, uh, I say like this often to help people break it down. Describe the oneness. If you have a car sitting here and that car is a, I don't know, a Ford. It's one car. It's got one name. It's a Ford. But the steering wheel is not the engine. And the engine is not the headlight. And the headlight is not the radio. It's one car. It, we're not talking about the cars. So to say God is Father, Holy Ghost, or I am spirit, soul, and body, doesn't make either of us three people. But you have to discern what part is what. You have to know the eternal part of God, Father of creation. You have to know the redemptive part of God, Son of God, in a body, God in flesh, and the Holy Ghost. So when you understand these offices and you understand these functions even with god they're in play so it is with us you have to know what is your spirit what's the function of my soul my mind will of emotions what's the function of my body and who's in charge so it's a it's a good exercise to for your listeners to go take that take it to the word of god and begin to do self evaluation to learn where the fruit of the spirit and gift of the spirit at, you know, what part of you is the part of you that needs work, needs to be helped along. When when Paul said any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, all things are passed away. Well, guess what? He's not talking about your body or your soul, he's talking about your spirit. Because if you were pretty, you're still pretty. When you get the Holy Ghost. If you tall, you still tall. If you're not tall, you still not tall. If you're underweight, you're still underweight. If you're overweight, you, it doesn't change the composition of your body. When he said old things passed away, he's talking spirit, spiritual things. So uh, we have to ascertain and get in touch with what the Holy Spirit is doing in that part of us and prioritize it and we do that by, I'll say this be done uh, our soul who's the man in the middle he decides he decides do I listen to my flesh and not go to church today or do I hear my spirit that says get up early and pray it's the soul in the middle he is the uh, driver who decides which one of these polar opposites that he pays attention to, and you have to. I find quieting yourself, uh, and knowing the word of God, you begin to understand what spirit you're operating in. Are you catering to the flesh, which is a bunch of fear? I can't do this. What if I do this and something's wrong?
0: Or to the spirit that says, I can do all things through Christ's strength. And strength. Mm. Wow, that is that is that is tremendous. The, the material that that has gone forth um, to the listeners—it's just—it's going to edify the body of Christ. I, I firmly believe that. I think that it'll bring some more people into the recognition of their own abilities, where they stop, where the spirit starts, um, and and really allowing the Holy Ghost to flow through them in obedience, you know, to the Word of God and, and walking walking in love. And and wow, that is. That is awesome. And we're so thankful for your time, Brother Johnson. Um, so thank I just, you so
1: much for having me, man. I enjoyed my little talk with you tonight.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you very much. And uh, who knows? Um, maybe, Lord willing, we'll be able to have you on again. This podcast is made possible because of listeners like you who are willing to bridge the gap. We now have a sponsorship program on our Anchor website in which you can become a monthly sponsor of $1, $5, or $10 a month. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook.